Welcome to the For Your Thoughts podcast, where psychology, pop culture, and self meet. What it do, baby booze? Happy 2022. Happy New Year. New Year, new me. All of that. I don't care what nobody says. Whenever it's a moment for you to do better and be better, why the hell not? But Happy New Year's, guys. I'm reporting live from my humble abode in NYC. Today, we have a very, very, very special guest. I'm so excited for her. Her name is Joy Ofodu. She is an influential techie, silly storyteller, voice artist, and host of The Daily Shine on the Shine app, which you all should most definitely download today, whatever, later. I will definitely put it in the bio. But today, we're going to be talking about another other than one of my favorite topics, kind of, or everyone's favorite topic, I guess, sometimes, dating. But this perspective is one that you guys do not want to miss. I promise. Um, it is, I discovered Joy via Clubhouse. And then on Instagram, she is beyond intelligent, funny, introspective. And I truly appreciate her perspective when it comes to self-love, love for others, romantic, platonic. It's really like no other. And she's just so smart and so funny. And I'm excited for you guys to get to know her as well. Um, so we will definitely be getting into that later this episode. Please stay tuned. If you're here just for joy, feel free to hop over all of this. We're going to get into some updates, our normal judge. But yeah, guys, happy 2022. Let's get into it. So honestly, I'm super happy to be back in my own space and getting back into my routine. I really realized like I thrive best in that way. I say this all the time, but going home made me realize that so much more. I didn't realize how much I take my own space for granted. And um, yeah, I definitely do. This holiday season was honestly, I would say very interesting and transformative. I feel like we were all just like what's really going on when Mr. Omarion decided to jump his ass over and basically terrorize us in a sense but I'm not gonna spend too much time on the old stuff because like I said earlier new year new me um I feel amazing and I hope y'all do too and I feel like something just like shifted not just with me but just everywhere like I feel really grounded um I've been seeing people talk about that a lot on Twitter like just a shift has happened and in a good way and I'm really grateful for that because I swear to God, I've been floating since I got back from Kenya. And now I feel just a little bit more grounded and a little bit more. I know where I'm going and I have more specific direction and just feels really good. And it feels really calm. Like I feel just really calm and just ready for whatever. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, Omicron or I'll be saying it wrong. I'm sure it's not Omicron. Omarion is an H-O-E in Houston. We call everything a hoe. And truly, that's the type of being that Omarion has been this holiday break. Um, my holiday really was nothing like I thought it would be at all. And I decided to not be a part of the frolic. If you attended and you didn't see me there, it's because of Omarion. Not because I had it, but because... I just didn't want to give it to anybody in my family. We were having Christmas at our house. So I didn't want to be the reason for anyone getting that just because of, you know, having an event or whatever. But shout out to Blake who ended up carrying it on and everyone else who went. It looked like so much fun. I had mad FOMO. Hopefully next year um, this is not a thing or nothing new is a thing so we can get back to regularly scheduled programming. But yeah, I couldn't bring myself to attend seeing as though Christmas was right before, like it, seeing as though it was right before Christmas. And uh, we hosted a Christmas party at my parents' house and we had family come in from Ethiopia. So it just wasn't ideal for me to do that. But I do want to take the time to let you guys know that Blake dropped his first official album and I'm so happy for him. It's titled Songs You Want For Me. And I need you all to go listen and download it right now. The link is in the description. Literally, even if you don't listen, download it, like it, numbers, all the things. But um, I'm not just saying this because he's my best friend. 
And because he's like one of my business partners, but because I promise he is truly talented and you don't want to be late to hop on this train. And I've noticed with like a lot of rappers like Max O'Cream, Travis Scott and uh, Montaleo, a lot of people like want to be like, oh, yeah, I used to know him. or Oh, yeah, me and him used to da 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 da. And y'all have all these little old stories about people that blew up and want to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, but did you really support them though? People like always want to say they knew someone after they've blown up or after everyone else like messes with them. And were you actually supporting them when it was um, truly beneficial to them? Think about that. And a lot of the time the answer is no. So even if you don't, you can tap in. If you don't like it, don't tap in. But if you really about that life and it comes to like music hip-hop and just supporting creators give them a chance it might not be your judge but give them a chance on your free time and yeah um yeah people support once everyone else does and it's I peep that just being in this in this whole space so don't be that person okay don't let that be your storyline I'm letting y'all know right now to tap in two songs you want for me but yeah Houston was a very chill time and my plan is to truly be back in Texas a lot more than I have ever been uh there's a lot that I want to tap back into and be a part of and I just kind of want to be in New York Texas and Kenya throughout the year that is the goal And I want to be around my parents more. My dad is in Kenya a lot. So, of course, there. And just around my mom more because, of course, they're getting older. I just want to be there to watch after them. That Insecure episode with, like, Molly's mom definitely had me and a lot of people like, wow, like, moms and dads really don't tell you a lot of stuff because they don't want to burden you or scare you when it comes to their health. And I want to be right there so that I can... (laughs) I feel like sometimes with parents, like you become the parent in certain situations or after a certain age and I can feel it getting to that point. And I want to like use all that I know and my resources and stuff or just being able to just help move things along faster when it comes to my parents, their health and their happiness. I definitely want to tap into that more. So yeah, I'm going to be in Texas more for sure. And I was happy to see, yeah. Oh, okay. Let's just say that Texas does not care about COVID. I thought that, they did a little bit more than I, than they actually do. But niggas don't wear masks in the mall, nothing like that. But I will say that I was happy to see that at the hookah spots, they use new hoses for their precautions, which was really funny to me. It's like, you guys don't wear masks, but you're like, okay, we're taking precautions because we're going to give you a new hookah hose. It's like, okay, I And I also have noticed that Houston is legit becoming like Atlanta in so many ways and I'm not mad at all I love the blackness I love the boldness and I think that's something I want to tap into later just about Houston and its growth and where it's going although it's like dang where can I go chill at that don't that's black but don't got like hookah and um lace fronts although I love my my hair right now but you know where can I go that don't got like hookah and loud music that's chill, that's black. If you guys know, let me know because I want to add that to my list because I be trying to go places and it's just be a scene, which I definitely appreciate still because I'm just like happy to be there, you know? But um, yeah, I didn't get to see so many people due to Omicron, Omarion, whatever, but I will definitely be back. If I didn't get to link up with you, please don't take it personal. I'll be back. Yeah, y'all, we have so much more to catch up on, which we will definitely do in upcoming episodes. But before we hop into the next segment, I want to leave you guys with something um, that I'm implementing when it comes to the new year. So shout out to my favorite, Jay Shetty. I talk about him all the time. But um, he, I basically wrote down what I want to... It's called the three L's. So basically what you want to learn this year what you want to launch this year and how you want to love this year and how you want to be loved this year. And um, basically, when it comes to resolutions and goals, I'm all here for it. I am looked was looking at my resolutions and I literally did all of them in their own in its own way, which is a first for me. So I'm so proud of that. 
But also I know that goals and resolutions can bring about a lot of pressure. And it's like, yeah, you can be like real busy, like knocking shit out. But like, what are you actually like, what's actually being like impactful to like your life and your growth and your journey, whether that's personally your career or whatever, like what's having a lasting impact and what's like just busy work in a sense. So I really loved this intentional way of like, you know, approaching the year of the three L's, learn, launch, love. So I want to encourage you guys to write down what do you want to learn this year? What do you want to launch this year? And how do you want to love? What do you want to love? How do you want to be loved, et cetera? Um, Within doing that, I feel like we can grow and like move the needle in our careers and just be overall better people um, without bombarding ourselves and um, with hardcore goals and like trying to do so many things at once and putting so much pressure on ourselves. So I'll share a bit of mine. Um, and a lot of the times also like the goal that you want for yourself is not want, is not what the universe or God wants for you. So, you know, just it's more so about just growing. Like that's what your year should be about, growing and walking towards where you're supposed to be. So let's see what I said. I said, I plan to learn Swahili for sure because one, I um, am heading more towards so much work on the diaspora, which is definitely a God thing. I knew that I wanted to do that, but I didn't know how. And it's literally just panning out so perfectly. So I want to learn Swahili so that I can definitely talk to everyone, you know, and it's a part of me. So I should have been on that, to be honest with you. So me and my brother are getting on that this year. Um, And I definitely want to know more about money management and like stocks, credit, more of like all that stuff to be better at that. Um, And then I also want to, of course, dive more into my psychology bag and things that I want to share with you guys. Um, Yes. So what I want to launch this year, I'm definitely not ready to talk about it yet because it's so many different things. Uh, But you guys get that point. So what you want to launch this year, it's like pick one thing and commit to doing what it takes to launch it in some way by the end of 2022. And that could be your website. If it's a website for your business, if it's an Instagram for your business, if it's even just launching really anything. It could be going to grad school. It could be all kind of things. But what are you doing um, every week, every day to make sure that you launch at least one thing? Buying a house, you know, something like that. Um, Something that will put a dent into your life. Like, what are you going to do to make sure that is launched and done by the end of 2022? And then how I want to love this year um, is simply the way I want to definitely just be more less defensive that's one of my goals to be less defensive not to say that I am but I just want to listen to what people have to say when it comes to like criticizing or constructive criticizing me in any sense because I just want to be the best for myself and the people around me um so I definitely want to focus on that I want to focus on paying more attention to the people who are right here around me and the way that I could love them better for like what they need in a sense. So even if that's having to ask, like, what do you need? Like, where do you struggle? Because a lot of times we really don't know truly. We just do what we think. And it's like people don't even need that. They need something else. So who knows? So maybe even asking more of those questions. And I also want to build a lot more on my newer relationships like my NYC relationships or my internet relationships with people who are definitely um more like-minded and when it comes to creating when it comes to walking with Christ when it comes to thinking bigger and brighter and um so like more people just that are just on my wavelength not to say that people that aren't I'm not trying to you know build with them but there's so many people that I want to just have more quality relationships with um, who will inspire me. Like I want to be around more people who inspire me. I say that a lot and I mean that. So yeah, guys, that's a quick little bit of what I'm trying to do. Definitely not the full rundown, but 
a quick little jot down and y'all can do the same thing real quick. Y'all got homework. All right. So basically jot down the three L's and these three L's, they're not losses. They are lessons. So what do you want to learn? What do you want to launch? And what do you how do you want to love? What does love look like for you this year? How can we make it better? How can you make sure that you feel more loved and you give more love, authentic, real, genuine, not lust, not like anything fleeting, something concrete, something real. And just know that none of this will be easy at all. It's going to cause hella opening up, hella anxiety because it's new, right? So new year, new us, we about to do the damn thing. I wish you guys the best year ever because honestly, we truly deserve it. Um, I have a really, really intense, great feeling about this year. Not sure what it is, but like I said, I'm calm. I'm ready. I'm trusting and following God's plan. And I'm just down for the ride, ride or die, ride or die. And we ain't dying. And I pray that and I hope that you all feel the same way. And if you don't, holla at your girl so we can get you there. Um, But yeah, we got this. We done been drugged through the mud and back. This year shall be a walk in the park. And if it ain't, it's going to build us and set us up for the rest of our years in this beautiful, wild, interesting thing called life. So yeah, let's hop into our next segment, which will be change. Okay, so for change, we are going to highlight Jadena. So I was going to talk about Ghana and all of the things happening there when it comes to merging, um, bridging the gap between African-Americans and Africans when it comes to music and just culturally and like developing basically global black identity. And then I came across um, an article that Bonsu wrote recently, who he was on the podcast. If you guys did not listen to his episode, definitely tap in to that one and that was he I think it was the art of no or something the art of nope that's what his episode is but yeah my guy Bonsu did a great interview with Jadena and I was literally eyes glued to this interview to this uh article because like you guys know I have been tapping way more into the diaspora and it's just exciting to see and when other people are doing the same and just discovering more about what people are doing about kind of bridging the gap between bridging the gap and like intersecting African-Americans and Africans like for the next generation and just letting people know how amazing Africa really is and the whole diaspora. So yes, shout out to Jadena because he is um, a new counselor guide and face for Birthright Africa. Birthright Africa's mission is to inspire the youth and young adults of African descent to explore their cultural roots and legacy of innovation within the U.S. and select nations in Africa as their birthright. So I think this is the dopest initiative and program. I am definitely going to find whoever is a part of this and try to be a part of it um, because going to Kenya literally changed me for real for real although I'd been there before this time was different and I just want to like I want people to discover their roots and uncover like their greatness which is exactly what Birthright Africa wants so shout out to Jadena for being on the board for this and shout out to Birthright for this creating this whole initiative and I know right now um no one's traveling right now because of stupid crow covid but once they do start i encourage you guys to definitely apply to be a part of this journey and something interesting that jadena said was um he hopes that when people leave this program they have the global power to create a reality that beams red black and green alongside with red white and blue and the intersection between them both and like what we can honestly learn from each other. Like there's so much that people in Africa can learn from African-Americans and, and vice versa, just to create global black identity, like to develop that and bridge that gap and intersect the ideologies, the economics and the perspectives 
of African-Americans and Africans for the generations to come. And I really want to be a part of that. And I'm glad that I am already a part of that, to be honest. So Jadena gets change of the week. Shout out to everyone that's in Ghana right now. That is so live. I definitely want to go next year. Shout out to Afrochella for making that all happen and bringing people over there. Um, Chance the Rapper, Ari Lennox, Vic Mensa, just him a few off the dome. I do want to be like, yo, whoever is going off on Ari Lennox about her showing like her love and appreciation for Ghana, get a grip. It is okay and almost necessary for Americans to love the diaspora. It is okay. We need to have global black identity. Seriously. But anyways, we're going to move on to our interview. There will be no pen pal letters today because this whole episode is one of those episodes. You're going to get all of the advice with Joy, who is another diaspora sister. So it's a great tie-in. She is from Nigeria. Um, This is part one of our interview. So excited about this. Stay tuned for part two on the next episode. And of course, at the end, we're going to have a little peace of mind nugget. So you guys enjoy. Cool. So welcome to the For Your Thoughts podcast, where psychology, pop culture, and self meet. I'm here with Joy Ofodu. I said it right, I believe. Hey. Hey. So storyteller, content creator, influential techie. And I want to add like comedian to the roster because you are hilarious as all hell. And Thank also you. just like uh, you just really, I'm not sure if you're a dating expert because I really don't even like the term expert for anybody. But, you know, I feel like you know a lot and you have a good perspective that is very necessary. So first, we're going to start off with the game. It's called For Your Thoughts. Kind of like just answer the question, but like your first thought. Whatever is like the first thing you think of, just a quick rapid fire type thing. And it's like a dating tech edition. Or more so dating. But yeah, let's go for it. Okay, ready to be unready. All right. So um, Danny Lay and baby. Messy. Messy, right? YouTube couples. YouTube couples. (laughs) Funny. Right. Okay. Kanye was saying that God will bring him and Kim K back together. Jesus. <laughs> for real. Um, dating. Be offense. Be offense. I'll block it. Like for both for both sides. Like let's just cut it. If Be it's in the uh, back, make sure I'm in the front. If it's in the front, make sure I'm in the back. I just, oh my god! Okay. Like dating dating apps. Yummy. Okay. Love at first sight. Possible. The metaverse. Yes. NFTs. I'm in there. Okay. Jaden Will. Inspirational. I believe I agree. I love it. Oh my God, I agree. Uh, biggest red flag. Psychological harm. Mm, okay. Biggest green flag. Consent. Yes. Okay. So, um, Attraction. So I guess biggest attraction. Like what's one thing you're just like, ah, yes. Oh, I love me a man with a big nose and a big (laughs) face. (laughs) When he has a wide African nose. I love that. Features. I'm talking, give me forehead, give me cheeks, give me chin, give me beard. Just the big nose. Surface area. Black African-American. Yes. Surface area, lips, all that. Just surface area. I love it. Biggest turn off. Biggest turn off? hmm I think, like, true mean-spiritedness. That's gross. Right, right. Okay, so go to for a love song. Like, when you're in love. Like, you're in the thick of it. And so think of, like, you, like, <laughs> it's the them first couple of, like, four weeks or so. And you're just like, ah. Uh. <laughs> oh, man. Crush by David Archuleta talking about, do you ever think when we're all <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Where this thing could go. Yes. Yes. Okay. To those early moments of trying to just right. figure it out. I love it. Love it. Okay. Go to breakup song. Like when it's like the sad part though. Like when you're sad. Not even when you're like, you know, when you're, you know, you wake up and you're like, all right, I'm going to be okay. Nah. I'm talking about like the day after or day of. Oh, man. I'm going to do shout out to my ex by Little Mix. You're really quite the man. You made my heart break. You made me who I am. 
or okay. texting my ex by T Pain featuring Tiffany Evans because he's, he's how's shocked. that go? Ooh, now I'm texting my ex. Don't look good. I'm just talking about. I was like, I can remember that back in the game we was in love. Yeah, I've been okay. thinking of you. Please tell me that I'm the one you're thinking of. Yeah, I just can't forget you now since I met you down oh, in the club. This is your, this your shit. This your jam. Oh, that yes. song will get me on I my love knees. It. I'm like, have I heard it? I'm like, I'm sure it. I know it, but it's not coming to mind. So now I'm gonna go jam it after. Be like, girl, yes, yes. That, most of it jam. is literally just him and Tiffany shouting, screaming. So it's good. Yes, I love Tiffany Evans. So that's perfect. Okay. So that was fun. Okay, let's get into the podcast and to everything. Um, Like I said, this is going to be like about you and your mental health journey, your healing journey, just who you are as a person and dating tech, fun, whatever, whatever we get into. So um, I love to ask people like, who were they? Who are they now? And like, where do they see their path heading? Wow. In general, or are we talking about dating? In general, who you? Wow. Who was I? I was a very imaginative, excited, extroverted, loud, maybe brash kind of kid. Hey, do you want to see my talent? I'm going to do a dance for you. Don't care whether you said yes or no. We're just going to start doing the dance. Um, I was that kid, put myself out there, always like deeply involved, perhaps overly involved um, in activities. That's who I was. Mm -hmm. Um, Who I am now is I think a mixture of an introvert and an extrovert. I've really learned how to draw energy from myself. Um, I'm still this techie. I'm still imaginative and dreaming up stories, writing mm-hmm. them and getting getting y'all, you know, to be in yes. on the journey and have a little taste of my stories through Instagram and through what I do on, you know, on TikTok and on my site. And I think uh, I have a lot of power. I'm someone who loves myself. I love I love what's in store for me. I love those around me. I have really made peace and space with like who I have in my life and why, what I'm doing and why, what I'm not doing and when I can get to that. And so Mm -hmm. there's been just a lot of sorting. And so if I was someone who was running too fast, I'm currently someone who is slowing down while also glowing up. Yes. And I think where I'm going or who I'm going to be uh, is like, I'm getting a taste of it now, but like someone who is internationally renowned, someone who commands a lot of power and attention and influence. And so there is a bit of a responsibility there because I can feel it coming. People have been saying it since I was little mm-hmm. and now it's kind of happening. So I think I'm someone who will continue to be able to employ people, put money in people's hands, opportunity in people's right. hands, um, but is really like crafting and creating on my own terms and um, just actively, actively pitching someone who doesn't necessarily see any limits um, in terms of the partnerships that I can create or the impact that I can have, but it's just consistently working to meet those limits. So, yeah. I love that. I love it. I love it. Um, So what made you make content that gravitated towards dating? Like, where did that part of everything come from? I was in a relationship that was lovely. It was absolutely, it was a lovely fairy tale for like seven years which is a long time for some like people. What, like, when was this of your life? Like, what age? This was from 16 onward. So, okay, when I was 16, we started dating. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, it was very high school sweethearty. And I, you know, it's like one of those loves you can't choose. It just kind of, like, finds you. I'd always been a kid who had, like, crushes and who, you know, wanted that, like, story and it just didn't come, you know, crush mm-hmm. after crush after crush, unrequited. And so I dealt with a lot of that and then finally met someone who was feeling what I was feeling at the same time, you know, Timing. to give me those mm-hmm. to give me those David Archuleta crush feelings. You know? <laughs> right. Um, and so that was wild. And we got into, you know, an amazing relationship. We're super honest with each other. Um, we grew together. We grew up together. And then after that relationship came to its natural end, unexpected, very unexpected. Mm-hmm. But when it did come to its natural end, I was launched back into the dating pool and went, oh my gosh, like this stuff is so funny. Like it's cracking yeah. me up. I'm trying to laugh through these experiences. It's also kind of scary. It's also very exciting. It's also really fun. Like I was just feeling overwhelming emotions about the dating experience. So I said, let me funnel this into video. I had seen other short form video creators like Paris Howard and Brittany Broski, um, some of whom I worked with like at my job. 
And I was like, nah, like they're, they're just really like in their bed, you know, or like in their neighborhood or with their friends opening up their camera. So I think I made a conscious decision. Like I'm not just somebody who can be entertained by my favorite creators, but I can also do the entertaining. Right. You don't need to just be a fan. You know what I mean? Like um, I just got into regularly posting. There was no, like I'm a marketer and I'm a marketing scientist. Mm -hmm. So I think it's kind of tough for me to like take it easy or be really casual or chill about how I share. You know, you feel like you need to like perfect everything. But I said, let dating videos be my one space where I'm just telling my story, coming up with these characters, those funny little thoughts you have while you're in the shower, you're in the kitchen where you're just like, "Uh, that would be funny. Instead of keeping those inside, I'll scribble them down on like a note really quickly or a post-it or my phone and then make sure I actually act them out for everybody to laugh with me. I love that. So when you say it, your your relationship naturally came to a natural ending, like what do you expound on that a little bit? And how did it, was it a healthy ending? And like, do you have any advice for people who might be in that phase? Yes, it was healthy. Like how, do you, so, how did you know, you know? We both knew at the exact same time. So I think what's wow. crazy is like when you're with a partner in a healthy relationship, especially for something like seven years, you're talking every day. Like you two know each other's cognition, you know, when they pause, what it means, you know, when they're excited about something, you know, how to support them, how to leave them alone, how to give them their space. So we had deeply learned each other and always had imagined a future together. And I know when people talk about um, like grief, right? If you hear the word grief, you think about loss, you think about people who are no longer here with us in this kind of same uh, plane, but you can also grieve the future that you had imagined with somebody. Right. That is the most painful part of a breakup. So a healthy breakup to me, though, I hadn't given it much thought because I didn't think we would break up. But a healthy breakup to me looked like one in which we knew that if we were no longer serving each other's needs or if the future that we had imagined was no longer going to be possible, that both of us would withdraw from it. Right. So I think both of you being very honest about what that point is for you. Um, both of you speaking about it, like as soon as it does come up for you, not letting things fester or linger. Right. But when I say it was literally in the span of a phone conversation where things were, you know, going along as they normally do, you know, had sent I love you just a couple hours before. When we got into a conversation about a private topic, it it illuminated just how much we had both grown in different directions that we had never talked about before. And so it wasn't this, like, I think some couples, especially on TV, you see couples, they have problems, they're fighting. We didn't fight. I never fought with my ex. Mm -hmm. We didn't have those. You know, um, you're not, it's not us against each other. It's us versus the problem or it's us versus the discomfort. And I think that's how we always approach things. So even in the breakup, it wasn't some kind of bitter thing. Like people were volunteering. Joy, we can watch movies. Let me get you some ice cream. I can come home. And my friends did. God bless them. I love my friends. They sent me flowers and they mm-hmm. sent me smoothies and they sent me self-care stuff, you know, candles, face stuff, um, which was so sweet, you know, to help with my grief because they knew that I was grieving. But I wasn't mad. I wasn't right. angry. I wasn't trying to hold on to something that no longer served me. And so my tip, I guess, in breakups is, when you feel that point coming, like, you know, talk about it, talk, immediately give voice to it, talk about it, confront it. Don't don't let it have power over you. And if you know that there's a future that you imagine with your partner that's no longer possible, it's OK to like disengage and move on. We think about relationships as things that have to be forever because of how they're romanticized, I think, in media and breakups to be this thing that are so dark and so deep and and so horrible. And they can be horrible when people's egos are in play. They can be horrible when you don't care about each other. But when you both care about each other, and this can go for a strain, you can meet somebody. Or or even not communicate. Because I think it's like one thing, it's just not communicated. I feel like people definitely do care about each other, but some people have a harder time than others. Like people know, okay, like this is not where I'm I'm at or where I'm going anymore, you know. But you you can have that type of care for somebody that you meet on a dating app. And then two days later, be like, ooh, I'm not quite feeling or someone you someone you talk to on a month for for a month online, physically meet up with and are like, oh, whoa, this isn't what I thought. You can still exhibit that type of care and disengage and not have to make a villain out of it. And so recently, like with Refinery29, I was chatting about this where I was like, whenever people break up, especially on TV, there always has to be a villain. Somebody has to be wrong. Friends need to get together. And ah." it's like, yeah. There was no villain. Maybe you just weren't aligned. So letting go of what's not for you and giving voice to that with your partner and just exhibiting care, that really helped me um, move on. What some people would think 
rather quickly from something that right. lasts seven years. And I do believe that like when you're not aligned, like in all things, it could be career, it could be all kind of things that you just have to kind of let go of. Like you, you aren't even able to kind of like go in your, I'm spiritual, but go in that direction that God calls for you because you're holding on to this thing that, you know, no longer aligns. So I've noticed that I was the one to like hold on to things for sure. Um, just because of what people would think or just because of my comfort or just because it's like, no, this is supposed to work, you know? And so, but after every breakup, it's like my whole life glows the hell up. It's like everything just gets better. I get more peaceful. Every Like everything starts to make so much more sense. But I guess it's like having that perspective of like the natural, the healthy, the communicative is a much better way to go than just kind of holding on to something that just does not align anymore. And it's okay. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. Just like how when someone dies, it hurts, but it's a natural cycle of life, you know? I share that same spirituality because when it was New Year's Eve, I think like 2019, I was really struggling with close friendships. I was struggling with some relationships that I felt like weren't making sense the way that they used to, right? They weren't coming up to the dream that I had or to the vision that I had. And I let go of that and let God, right? Let go, let God. I let go of that. I prayed very specifically for God to remove and replace. I was like, remove. I just got chills. Yeah. (laughs) Remove everything that is not for me. Cast it out. Send it away from me. Disengage it. Break it off. I don't know what it's going to be and I don't have control, but I'm putting it in your hands. Remove and replace it with something better. Replace it with what you want for me. Replace it with what you see for me that I can't see right now. And so for us, like strong will, we're girls who like, we want something to happen. We'll make it happen. Right. Literally. So it feels like a challenge to say, I'm actually going to sit on my hands and I'm going to let it happen. I'm going to sit on my hands and watch it revolve. And when I tell you the majority, like <laughs> if I had six very close relationships, five of them gone, right. Or five of them dramatically changed, right. Or reduced or mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. and that was so, it was so tough, but I needed that. I needed that realignment. And, like when it was happening, did you know, okay, this is what this, this is like, this is what I, I prayed tell. for. You I could, I could literally t- in, in every single, cause it's, it's so, I think the best types of breakups again are like communicated. So every single time it was communicated to me or I got the courage or I got the strength to break up right with each kind of like little engagement or relationship or, mm-hmm. or opportunity, right? Sometimes it's not attached to a person, but a direction you thought you were going in. Every single time I broke up or it was communicated to me, I was like, oh, wow, this is it. Oh, wait, I didn't mean this one. And right. that included my relationship of seven years. When I was praying on that, I had no idea. I had no right. idea putting that into the pot. I had oh my God. no clue. But I mean, lo and behold, it was maybe like four to five months after I had prayed that. Right. Like, like, that came about too. That's so. Something similar happened to, like, to me before, um, like it, so it was like a situation I want to say, but I just remember feeling just really like internally conflicted, like jealous feelings and things like that, that like, were just not of me or of God at all. And I remember just like crying one day and I was just like, God, whatever it is, like, I, and I really, I was not thinking it was him. I was like, don't take my nigga now. Don't take him. <laughs> take him away. I like the right, rest but, of it. Right. But I was like, take away whatever that is, or like whatever you, I need to go through to, you know, heal from whatever this is, like, please take it away. And literally two weeks later, he was out of here. Like he's still around, but you know, he was out of here for me to realize what that was internally, you know, like not because it was him. He was great. but It was like all internally with me. So that's crazy. Hurt for me comes from, and I had to realize this, like maybe almost to a character flaw, right? Hurt comes from the fantasies that I set up about the roles that people are supposed to play in my life and the roles that I'm supposed to play in people's life. Yeah. I cannot control that. So for me, 2019 to 2021 was a huge slope of recognizing that I am not in control. Whatever your spirituality might be, we are not in control of other people's actions. We are not in control of how our actions are received. We can influence, but we can't control. So all relationship navigation, all career navigation to me came from recognizing that hey, there are things that I deeply want. There are things I'm passionate about, but I can't control everything. All I can do is like try to be a good person, you know, respond to my core values when I'm being taken out of character to try to exit those situations. Like you mentioned, if if I feel jealous, if I feel angry, if I feel like I, if I feel petty, if I feel like I want to snap back, that's not, it's not in my character. Like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. being taken outside of myself. It's time to like step away. It's time to to move away. And so that is to me like the navigation. It's just like, Put your best foot forward, 
Try your best. Still dream. Don't punish yourself. For yeah, that's the thing. Best. You get really shameful about stuff like that, too. Because everything around us is telling us that, like, oh, if you're a girl who, you know, you want, like, especially in this kind of, like, heteronormative, you know, like, construct, mm-hmm. right? Like, you dream of a guy and you, like, get him nice things and you want, you know, you want his attention, blah, blah, blah. That that, like, makes you a simp and that makes you desperate and that makes you crazy. Right. I think, like, for Black women, yes, the numbers are stacked up against us, especially, like, in the dating realm. When you start to dream crazy, that just might be your superpower. That just might be your strength. Don't let anybody right. tell you. Don't, don't, you can let people say whatever they want because you don't have control, but don't feel Mm -hmm. embarrassed about the best and most creative parts of you. Of you, because that's who you are. Come on, the the future with somebody that you just met? Like, uh, talent, (laughs) hello? Can we get, can we get you into TV and film writing? Like, Like the whole, so with, okay, so also with, with dating and stuff like that, I think you mentioned in your Refinery 29 um, podcast episode about kind of like, not always being the chosen one. And I feel like I definitely related to that in a sense of like, we're both of dark, you know, darker complexion, um, growing up, of course. Of, of course, we're globe the hell up now, but you know, and we always were, but you know how it was back in the day, especially being first generation and all those things. So I did want to know like your thoughts on that and like how you feel even now, because I do, like in my research, I, in a sense, it's like, I can tell that the people who are chosen, these white, this wifey look, is somebody who isn't as boisterous as us, is somebody who isn't as dark skin as us, is somebody who doesn't have the features as us. Even I remember um, I straightened my hair, like I got like a silk press like last week. And mm-hmm. like, it was like three dudes in my DMs, like wifey, wifey, da 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 da. I'm like, so that's all I, that's, that's all, that's all it took was a straight, was a right. little flat iron, you know what I'm saying? So I want to know right. your thoughts on that and like how you navigate that. Cause it's really unfair. It's not unfair because, yeah. like, whatever, but it's like, what? It's just They say, yeah, baby, I'll see you in that hot comb. You're like, what? <laughs> it burned my ear. Excuse me. Like, um, he damaged. Yeah, for me. <laughs> I definitely grew up not loving the way that I looked. Right. And it's, it's so hard. It's like, to even say that out loud, you know, it brings the weight back. You know, you sit with it and go, you know, my, like, I look different from the people around me. I didn't grow up. Though I had Nigerian-American cousins and friends, I didn't grow up in neighborhoods with a majority of people look like me. I didn't grow up watching a TV, film, magazine, billboard, video game scene where I was preferred, where I was put first, where I was idolized, where I was on a pedestal. The video girls of, you know, our days, like back in the 90s, were absolutely like, you know, the light and like tight and skinny and da-da-da. I... I had some features that I think are still considered desirable and in many ways do experience that bit of like pretty privilege, Um, Mm -hmm. whether it's like having a proportional, you know, type body type or like flattering um, a couple of flattering features. But to me, the word pretty is not a word that I ascribe to myself for a very long time. And that ate away at me. I was looking to my left and my right, the way that other girls are handling their hair, you know, they're able to run a comb straight through and me I'm struggling crying burning you know relaxer you know what I'm Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying like we just had different experiences and then again when it came to crushes all my crushes were unrequited until I was 16. I won't tell you exactly how many there were but there were many. I wasn't the the girl in elementary middle and half of high school that was sought after right that Mm -hmm. people were, were were checking for I was a dude Right. I was the I was bro. I was yep. I was even my nigga. Like, I, like, yeah, I don't know why I let non-black people call me that. That's something else I'll have to repent for on a different day. <laughs> yeah. But it, it actually like I found safety in rejecting a lot of feminine things. I found mm-hmm. safety in rejecting. Like I can be like the bro. Like I can be with the boys, but I'm yeah. like I'm the cool one. Like they trust me. They tell me their secrets. Like they I tell definitely me their was. Secrets. Yeah, they're cool with me. You know, I feel I feel safe rolling around here. Because I know that I'm not putting myself on a pedestal of desirability. I just already assume none of them desire me and, and yeah. was probably right, just based on where I was. So to step from that into people telling you, especially like as a dark skinned girl, oh, they're gonna be all over you during college. College, like college was positioned as this like fantasy land of desirability suddenly. And I think there's some truth to that. You know, I stepped into my first of all. And we're talking about desirability and kids. And this always gets me. Like people talking about their glow up or showing the glow up. You were a child. Right. <laughs> it's true. 
<laughs> you know, you're looking in the mirror while Lizzie McGuire is getting her training bra. And you're like, ooh, what do I have? Yes. You or what's her a name? Man, um, on a uh, Degrassi, Mandy and her thong. Like, I was like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, like okay, let me step it up. <laughs> you were a child. You weren't supposed to be desirable. You're not supposed to be, so true. to be pressed about stuff like that. But because they have people who are 25 and 30 playing people who are 13 and 14 in television shows, you start to compare and go like, oh my goodness, why, why have I not matured to this place? So there's like a, there is a sense of growing up too fast for us where we put the pressure on ourselves to look and be desirable. We're literally children that comes on us and, and due to harassment, you know, I, I don't even have to speak to just being a black girl, how that positions you on the street and out about in public. Unfortunately, no matter what your age is, people looking at you a certain way and be like, "Mm." and I'm like, what? I, I will never forget. Like, being outside USC, um, you know, I was at a restaurant and I left it and this, this guy was just staring at me, staring at me. And as I, I passed, you know, you have that kind of clench up feeling like, let me just walk by. Mm-hmm. Please don't say anything. Please don't say anything. Mm-hmm. I walked by and he goes, how old are you? With like the most confusion <laughs> on his face. Like it was really stressing and straining him out to be like, I don't even know if I like, like how, how old are you? I was like, and I'm, what it's like, if you have to ask. Uh, don't talk to me please don't talk to me so I struggle with that for a long time I struggle with being harassed but not truly desired but not truly appreciated right so that was the kind of middle phases now you've kind of grown into your things they want you but they still don't want you right Mm -hmm. it's ooh you getting thick but they still don't treasure you they still don't value you. you and then I think partnership really helped for me in that regard of like oh wow like I am beautiful. I feel beautiful. He's affirming me. Um, this is great. I'm still taking validation from the inside of just, huh, you know, I kind of like my hips. I kind of like my lips. I kind of like my mm-hmm. shoulders. Um, but partnership helped. And then then I did step into a place where like I was just a bit more open. I was exploring and just like out and about and going out with guys and just being like, like, hey. like whole phase style. Like Yes, exactly. Okay, gotcha. Once upon okay. a time, not long ago. I was a, I was a hoe. <laughs> yes. And I'm admitting For sure though. And yeah. That, that phase was great because then then came the people going, well, but college. And it's like, yeah, actually. And college to receive that validation or experience those things with black men. I'm just going to say does something a little bit different to the psyche. Like mm-hmm. I slowly over time developed preferences or I didn't have a I didn't have a racial preference. Um to now, like I only date black men. It's been mm-hmm. a, it's been a sliding scale on, on this end of the spectrum in that in that regard. And those experiences did make me feel beautiful. There's there's some about black on black skin yes. that I, I just can't explain to anybody. Um, when you get it, you get it. But kind of resting in that feels great. And on apps, and someone um, someone said this to me. She's uh, Francesca. She's a dating coach. She's oh, yes. So, yes. I um, emailed her, actually. So, yeah, I need to follow her. But she's amazing. Absolutely. Yes. Fran, Fran was talking on Clubhouse about just going like where you're wanted. And one of my New Year's resolutions was like, go where you're treasured. So when it comes to stepping up on dating apps and feeling like, oh, I'm a dark-skinned Black woman, is anybody going to like me? Yes. The people who like dark-skinned Black women will like you. Right. The people who like you, regardless of whether they have a preference or not, will like you. Do not worry about being palatable to the masses. Why are you, why are you worried about being desirable to somebody who's like... Right. I don't like how is that going to play out in the long run, honestly, truly. Right. When they change their minds. So for me, I just decided to not worry. I decided, let me hop on. I'm going to swipe on the men I'm interested in. Instead of playing this kind of immature game we used to play when we were younger, of like, oh, I don't know. Does he like black girls? I don't know. Does he like black? Just shoot your shot. Right. If he don't, he don't. If he don't, he won't respond. And if he does, it's on and popping. And that little game you play with yourself of getting sick to your stomach of like, oh, well, does he like black girl? If you don't, right? right? So whatever is for you is going to find you. It won't miss you, right? You can, you know, you can read into that as deep as you want. But when it comes to the apps, perhaps we aren't the most swiped on. And <laughs> best believe other black men, other dark-skinned black men at that are not easy to find on these apps. You need to do a lot of sifting. Um, mm-hmm. one app that kind of changed the game in that regard is black or BLK. It is. It's, it's popping over there. Um, <laughs> You're laughing. it's 99 ish percent black is like what I'll say. Okay. Right? So, so it's easy. So, so there's no gotcha. There's no question or hinge that allows you to filter for race. Right. Right. 
I don't know if there's other apps to let you do that. Um, I think on the league, I did indicate my preference. Mm-hmm. The league is, you know, it's based on like your LinkedIn and, you know, your kind of professional graph. Right. So on the, league, on the league, I indicated my preference. It'll run out after a certain amount of time. Hinge was just like, if there's no more black men, they'll just stop showing you people like, well, that's it. And it's so for today. I, I, yeah, you, you found all the Negroes. <laughs> uh, so I think for me, it was just like resting in my, in my desires and in my choices and being like, this is who I am. I love myself. Now, listen, I love my body. Mm-hmm. I love my face. I love my sensuality. I love my sexuality. I love who I am. And I feel confident um, in what I have to offer. I don't need to prove that to anybody. I don't need to convince anyone. Mm-hmm. I don't need to become more desirable to people who are on the fence. That is not an interest. It's mine. like if you're on the fence and right, just yeah. stay there. <laughs> so that's been, the, that's been the journey. And now, like, I don't, I, I, the challenges that I feel as a dark-skinned Black woman, are less so in a one-to-one dating sense. Because again, I'm going to just find whoever wants to date me and whoever I want to date. The challenges that I experience are kind of what hurts my heart is how we aren't protected Mm -hmm. in public. Mm -hmm. How we are attacked in a public sphere. Mm -hmm. How people refer to certain women like Serena and Sierra and be like, oh, you know, were they a man? Like really harmful, dark, rumors that Mm -hmm. erase and diminish and invalidate our femininity because of our color, because of our size. I'm a tall girl too. I'm five, nine. There's always going to be questions. After I cut my hair, like getting misgendered in public was like Mm -hmm. such a scary experience. I'm I'm a woman. She, her, her is always and will continue to be. That's my identity. That's what I feel comfortable in. And that's how I was born. And so to have, these experiences where because you're dark, because you're big, because you look a certain way, people want to take that away from you. They want to attack you in a way that they do not to light-skinned women, in a way that light-skinned white Asian women, light-skinned Latina and South Asian women will always be safe from Mm -hmm. that kind of harm, like that particular harm that only dark-skinned girls worldwide know. That's what crushes me. It's when you're at a right. it's when you're at a party and people do the look over and you you're rendered you're not invisible. even seen. Right, literally. It's when somebody bumps into you, steps on you, because you're just not you're not the object of desirability in this kind of wide sphere. But I'm I've made my peace with that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I won't be mistreated, and I do not like to go where I am mistreated or where I do feel invisible. But you won't go in there bitter or anything like that. I won't like, go in there you know, bitter. I know right. how the game is played, and I'm You're, not. In- yeah. I'm not interested in being desired by the masses. Would I like to be protected by the masses? I sure would. But until that day comes. And we deserve to be. We deserve to be. And we deserve it. But until that day comes, I'm just going to stay in spaces where I feel protected and respected. I'm going to go into spaces where I don't and know what I'm up against. And then I'm going to spend time with people who validate and affirm me. And that's 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 the game now. Um, But I am in a much happier place (laughs) than I was when I was a kid, for sure. Hey guys, that was part one of Metaverse Space featuring Joy Ofodu. The next part, we get even more into it and we even get more into her work as a voice artist and just a lot of things. As you can tell, she is a legit joy, for real. And um, definitely tap in for the next episode. I'm going to leave you guys with peace of mind, which honestly is just remind y'all to do y'all's homework. What are your three L's for the year? What do you want to learn What do you want to launch? And how do you want to love? Who do you want to love? Um, Yeah, that's what I have for this week. Tap in next week. I love y'all so much. I miss y'all so much. I'm like, was geeking out editing today. Because I was like, freaking losers. Let's go. And I'm just kidding. All right. Love y'all. God bless. Until next time.